Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Escaping Debt Podcast. I hope you're doing exceptionally well today. This is episode two, and today we're going to be covering how much debt is too much debt. My name is David Moffitt, and I'm a senior debt relief specialist and local director of Four Pillars Halifax, and I'm thrilled to be your host today. Remember that our goal is that no one should have to struggle with the overwhelming burden that debt causes. And we believe a company cannot work for both the creditors and the debtor at the same time in an unbiased fashion. And that's why we work for you, not your creditors. It's interesting. The industry uses the term debtors. We do not like that term. We think of our clients as clients. We're there guiding them, assisting them, helping them really figure out their situations. Anyway, that's neither here nor there for right now. We're going to dive into how much debt is too much debt. Now, this is a topic that is very subjective, I guess, and uh, really depends on your own situations. For example, I've had people that have thought $3,000 of debt is a lot of debt. And on the opposite side of things, I've had people that have had over a quarter million dollars of unsecured debt think it's perfectly okay and fine. So I'm going to first talk and break this down statistically, okay? And we actually wrote an article on this that went pretty in-depth and created an infographic. You can check it out on our blog, halifaxdebtfreedom.ca. But when you look at it, at the end of the day, there's a very simple answer to that question, okay? You have too much debt if you're not able to tackle it and pay it down in a reasonable manner, then you can also answer this question by saying you have too much debt if you have any debt. That's for the, the extremists in us. <laughs> so let's talk about the first one, right? What, what, is, what is a reasonable manner of payoff? In my opinion, if it will take you any longer than five years to pay off a debt, and I'm talking about unsecured debt right now. Obviously, mortgages are, are uh, a little different, Okay. But if it takes you more than five years to pay off a credit card, a line of credit, a car loan, or anything of that sort, you're really going to want to look at methods to do this quicker. Now, that might be consolidating your debt, trying to reduce interest rates. That might be um, refinancing your house, potentially, although that has its pros and its cons as well. Uh, It may be looking at more invasive forms of restructuring, right? However, how do you know when you have too much debt. So here's some stats for you, okay? Um, The average uh, Canadian uh, owes $23,500 approximately to creditors. And when we look at Nova Scotia residents, that amount is $22,600 of unsecured debt. So arguably, if you have more than that, you have too much debt because you're now above average in a negative way, (laughs) right? Uh, And... Uh, but really, when you consider that 50% of Canadians are living paycheck to paycheck, I think the last statistic um, that was released said that you know uh, seniors, 80% of them are going to retire under the poverty line. Um, I think it was 70% of them retire with debt. I'm paraphrasing here. These stats might be a little off. Uh, it was 60% are within a $200. Uh, if they lost $200 or more on a single paycheck, they would be in a financial emergency. I would argue to say that if you are average, you are still having too much debt, okay? I can tell you that the average client that we assist 
uh, has uh, a little bit more depth than this, okay? And we'll talk about that a little later on. But I think people wait way too long to get help. So I see people all the time that don't think they have a problem. They come in, we look at their situation, their budget works. And when I say works, I mean works in their mind. You know, they sit down, they have the heats, the lights, the, the hydro, they got the power bill, the, the, the cell phone bill, you name it, okay? That's all there. They've got their debt payments. But their debt might be on a line of credit. And so their debt payment of $255 a month, let's say, is an interest-only payment. And then when you actually look at their debt, it's, an, it's not going down, of course, because they're only paying the interest. And so what ends up occurring you know, these people, they will continue to struggle uh, for the duration because usually that's not the only account. You know, they'll have a line of credit, a couple credit cards. Um, you know, the last I heard is that the average person had like 2.7 credit cards or something like that, right? Um, which, which, which just goes to show that out of this, you know, $22,500 approximately, uh, that the majority of that is most likely going to be on credit cards. So already high interest uh, and everything like that. You know, one thing that's interesting, if you go and look at your credit card statement, legally now, creditors have to tell you how long it would take to pay off your balance if you continue to maintain the minimum payment. These things are shocking. Some of them are, you know, 60, 50, 80 years, right? Um, so you really want to be paying more than the minimum payment, Right. So let's look at some stats, okay? So statistics on Canadian debt, and I pulled these primarily from Stats Canada and, <coughs> excuse me, Equifax. So the average Canadian debt load is $23,496, okay? Interestingly enough, the Canadians aged 18 to 25 have the lowest average debt uh, at $8,677, while the age group of 46 to 55 has the highest average debt at $35,527. And remember, these are not including mortgages, okay? This doesn't necessarily surprise me that much because, you know, the younger age would have, typically speaking, lower paying jobs. They would just be getting into the financial markets uh, and, and getting their first credit cards and all that type of stuff where the older age group... Um, would have had time to to mature their financial position. They, they may have bought cars. They may have credit. They may have the lines of credit to do home rentals, all that type of stuff, all right? What I found interesting was that the median income for a Canadian household is $5,100 after taxes, okay? Now, this is going to be um, rather shocking as we, as we go through this in the next slide um, to compare these to, uh, to compare these to Nova Scotia. The delinquency rates for outstanding debt, okay, uh, the national average sits at just over 1%. So one out of 100 people uh, will have a delinquent account in one way, shape, or form. So this is actually far less common than people would think, okay? And Stats Canada, uh, the debt-to-income ratio is now for every dollar of income, there is $1.79 owing. Now this stat does include mortgages, which would include uh, a very big portion of that. 
But why this is alarming is because you got to remember a lot of these stats, there are people there that do not owe any money at all. And, and I know that that's what an average is, right? You take the whole sample size. But if you excluded people that had no debt, I bet you the average debt load is significantly higher than this $23,500 across Canada. I wouldn't be surprised if it would be closer to 3035. Now again, it doesn't seem like a massive massive increase, but that's averaged across everybody, which means that a lot of people have a whole lot more debt and a lot of people have a lot less debt, okay? So, let's look at Nova Scotia. So, the average debt load in Nova Scotia is $22,546 of debt. Okay? So about $1,000 less a month, or rather $1,000 less of debt. However, the average household makes $4,427.42 per month after taxes. This is nearly $700 less than the Canadian average. So we have only $1,000 less average debt, yet we make significantly less money. Now, to some people, maybe $700 a month is not significant, um, but that's food for a house, that's a car payment, that is uh, a lot of debt payments, right? So we have almost the same debt, yet significantly lower incomes. And of course, when you pair these two, it comes to no surprise that the delinquency rates are also significantly higher at 1.82% higher. Now, when you factor this in, you know, that's actually 0.7% higher than the national average, um, or points, I should say. But when you look at the increase, you know, that's almost 50% higher than the national average, which is, which is quite alarming, right? Like, it, 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 can't, it can't be sustained, so what exactly do we do with this, right? So a couple things, right? We've got the stats out of the way, but the truth is, is that if you are struggling to pay back your debt, that is when you need help. Statistics do not give a good indication to personal situations, right? It's very easy to say, oh yeah, you know, if you have more than $22,000 debt, you absolutely need to come and see us. But remember that debt average doesn't take into account income and that income average doesn't take into account debt. So you can't look at those two statistics together. You really have to start looking at your own personal situation. So there's a bunch of different options that you can deal with, okay? So the first one that we recommend highly is to sit down and actually look at your money management system. A money management system is more than just simply a budget. You have to go through and figure out where you've spent your money in the past. Pull out the last 12 months of your bank statements. Go through them page by page, transaction by transaction. Categorize them. Once you do this, you want to take an average. So you add up everything in food for the entire 12-month period. You divide that number by 12. That'll give you your monthly average. And then you do that for each consecutive account. Don't leave anything out. I see this time and time again. People say, oh, well, that was a one-time thing. I'll never do that again. Well, just the fact that you had to buy it once means that the chance that you'll have to buy it again probably pretty significant. It's better to plan for it and then not spend the money because it's like a surprise gift, I guess, if you want to call it that way, 
than it is to not plan for it and then need the money. All right. So make sure to include every single transaction, no matter uh, no matter how likely you think it is to occur again in the future. All right. Secondly, you want to go through and make a plan based upon that income, or rather on those expenses. You know how much you spend on average every single month now for groceries, let's say. So make a plan. Write down, I am going to go to the grocery store on the, I don't know, 8th, 17th, and the 28th of the month. And I am going to spend you know, $200 on the first trip, $250 on the second trip, and I only need to spend $100 on the next trip because I got my staples uh, on, in the first two trips. You really want to commit to a date that you're going to spend this money. I find this is the easiest way to keep a handle on how much money should be in your account and when money is going to be coming out of your account. Imagine if you set a date to order pizza, let's say, or go to the restaurant, you're going to be very, very unlikely to go and spend that money unbeknownst to you, which is what I find happens when people don't set dates. So you should have uh, three columns, essentially. You're going to have the item that you want to spend, so food, groceries, uh, you know, haircuts, uh, gas, uh, car insurance, that type of stuff. You're going to have a category of the date that you're going to spend the money, and then you're going to have the budgeted account. All right. Then the third thing you're going to want to do is track the amount of money that you're spending on a daily or a weekly basis. The more often you do something, the easier it becomes to uh, drill down as a habit. Okay. So that's really where people have to start. And it doesn't matter if they're starting, you know, to considering to go bankrupt or if they're considering a proposal or if they're considering just to go to the bank to, to refinance their debt. You really need to make sure you start at the very basics because without understanding the basics, you don't even know if anything will work. You know, let's look at a situation. Somebody has a thousand dollar a month minimum payments. They're going behind every month, say four hundred dollars. Okay, that means they really can only afford six hundred dollars, and that's assuming nothing goes wrong. Now, if that person were to go to the bank, not having done this exercise, not knowing that they're going into the hole four hundred bucks every single month. The bank may be able to say, oh, yeah, well, I, we can consolidate this and get this paid off in five years at $800 a month. That person would go, wow, you know, I was paying $1,000 a month minimum interest payments on credit cards. Wow, I can, I can get this down to five years at 800 bucks, so I even save money? That's fantastic. But now you think, that person's just doomed to fail. They've just simply put a Band-Aid on for however long it's going to take for, for those payments to start getting missed again. So you really, really, really need to make sure that you're honest with yourself. And it all starts with that initial plan. Once that plan is done, you're going to have a really, really good indication of what you need to, um, what you need to do to, um, to essentially tackle your debt situation. You're going to know if there's money left over. You're going to know if you're spending right up to the brim, and you're going to know if you're following behind, falling behind. If with this extra amount of cash, you can devise a plan that gets you debt-free realistically in five years or less, you keep doing what you're doing. You may want to consult with a professional just to make sure that what you're doing is the best plan. But otherwise, fantastic, congratulations. Like You're going to be debt-free in five years or less. However, if you're not going to be debt-free in five years or less, what do you do at that point in time? This is where you really need to start looking at options. Okay, so what, what are those options? All right, so 
the first option that you can look at is going to the bank and seeing if they can consolidate it. Again, the premise here is that you want to get something that you can pay off in five years or less uh, and afford. All right. You can look at credit counseling, which is where they take uh, all of your debt, they combine it into one package, you pay off everything, you do it over a five-year window, and they typically charge anywhere from zero to 5% interest, and they charge you fees on top of that. It's arguably one of the most expensive forms of debt restructuring that exists in the market and oftentimes just leads people to future failures, right? Because more often than not, you end up with the same payment, um, maybe a little bit less, but certainly not as much as you can afford. You can try to negotiate directly with creditors or on an informal basis through a company. These work great if you have lump sums of cash. But the problem is, is that if you had a lump sum of cash, you typically wouldn't be falling behind. So this option isn't a very good one for most people. You can look at a consumer proposal, which is a legal form of debt restructuring, which is essentially where you come to an agreement with your creditors to pay less than you owe. Uh, these have to be filed through a licensed insolvency trustee. Um, they're the ones that handle the administration on a consumer proposal. Um, your job is to then uh, come to an agreement with your creditors. It's very wise in a consumer proposal specifically to get an unbiased professional to assist you through this. And the reason why is because most consumers, A, have no idea how to properly structure a proposal and a trustee due to their obligations to creditors, the court system, the office of the superintendent of bankruptcy, and you, the consumer, can't actually advocate in your behalf or on your behalf. So... Seeking unbiased advice is very, very wise in this situation. And then bankruptcy, of course, is an option. But for most people, it's going to be a last resort option. You definitely want to consult with a professional if you decide to go bankrupt because more often than not, you can avoid bankruptcy. And in a lot of situations, you can actually get a cheaper monthly payment and other options than you can in bankruptcy. But that's a topic for another day. So to kind of recap here, How much debt is too much debt? So first of all, if you have more than you can afford to pay off in five years or less, you have too much debt. That is my first answer. If you're a stats, uh, if you like stats, (laughs) then if you have more than $22,500 of debt, you probably have too much debt. Okay. Again, you have to understand that those numbers are including people that don't have any debt, uh, which kind of skews those numbers. I would argue till the end of time that if you're struggling to pay the bills as they are due right now, and that includes debt payments and feeding your family and everything like that, or if you're not living the life that you want to live because you have debt, you should be seeking personal uh, financial advice on this. My name is David Moffitt. And you've just finished listening to the escaping debt podcast. Thank you very much for listening to episode two. Remember, that our goal is that no one should have to struggle with the overwhelming burden that debt causes. And we believe that you cannot work for both the creditors and the debtors at the same time in an unbiased fashion. We work for you, not your creditors. Have a great day.